Yeah, Clark's like, well, that doesn't sound like him. And Bellamy's like, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. He's like clearly capable of a lot. And I let him walk off with two guns and a Murphy. Yeah. What am I thinking? He's worried about his boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Finn. <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to Our The Hundred Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 27-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is because Kane replants the Eden tree, what's your favorite type of plant? <laughs> I would say that my favorite type of plant is flower. Wow. I'm like, you know, if you ask me what kind of flower it is, and that's a different question, but I love a floral, so I'm just going to say flowers. That's a good, that's a good answer. You know what? Short and sweet. Flowers. That's my answer. Good. And my name is Samantha Coley. I am a 30-year-old news editor at Collider. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. My favorite plant, I like any kind of like just straight up green leafy thing that mm-hmm. I can like put in a mm-hmm. house to make me feel like I'm in a jungle. But if I yes. had to just pick one plant... Uh, I would say palm trees are my favorite. Mm-hmm. Ooh, nice. They make me feel good whenever we I should have done what to, we should have we should have done fa- favorite type of tree. Yeah, that would have made more <laughs> sense, wouldn't that have? Robin, what's your favorite type of tree? <laughs> oh boy, uh, I'm gonna say like a weeping willow. Oh, that's good. Like the ones that like hang down and they're like all breezy. Yeah, I like those. What about you, Sam? What's your favorite type of plant that's not a tree since I got to say mine? That's not a tree. Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe like, I don't know the name of them, but I had one for a very long time. But you remember that mm-hmm. that potted plant that we had that had the, the leaves that just like kept going? The leaves that just like kept going. Like it was just like... Uh, like the ones that were like really long? It, it's kind of like ivy, I guess, but not an ivy plant in the house. And it's not like a snake plant? No. Or was that it? No. no. The one that like, it went like down the side of the cabinet. <laughs> anyway, it was one of those long plants. Yeah. Oh, I know which one you're talking about, but I also don't know what it's called. Right. Um, <laughs> let's go with a fern. <laughs> a fern. I love that. So today we have words to say about episode 205 of The 100, Human Trials. This episode will contain spoilers for all seven seasons of The 100, though I didn't really note anything in my notes, but who knows what'll come up. Me neither, but hey, it's good to be safe rather than sorry. 100%. Um, so as for the title of the episode, uh, Sing does a human trial with Maya and Jasper. They literally like say the name of the episode in the episode about that specific thing. So that's why <laughs> it's called that. The cool thing about it that I took from, I believe, the the wiki is that this is the first time that Abby and Clark are together like IRL in the same room since the pilot. Mm-hmm. They finally come back together. That is correct. They they do talk more like uh, uh, via the radio, but this is the first time they're uh-huh. in the same space. And it is the first time since the like first dropship fell that Clark knows Abby is alive. So I think I also have mm, to retract right. my statement from the previous episode where I thought that she would just assume that the handwriting was Abby's. I wrote the same thing in my notes. I was like, I guess she didn't know. Whoops. I was like, uh, so I guess she didn't know. But also I am just going to pretend that she had a t- the tiniest inkling of hope. But I mean, she would have. Right. No, for sure. Like, I feel like if you thought someone was dead and you saw that handwriting, you'd be like, well, it can't yeah. be them since they're dead. Exactly. But yeah, I think it's it's pro- it's like eight episodes, I think, that they spend not knowing if the other one is alive. So mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Ugh, spooky. I would hate that. <laughs> yeah. Man, good thing I don't live in this post-apocalyptic world, phew. <laughs> Thank God. Thank goodness. Um, So this episode, we split into two tiny little storylines with Lincoln and Kane, mm-hmm. um, and then some longer storylines with Mount Weather, and then um, the stuff that happens at Camp Jaha and Bellamy and Clark all sort of go together. And then I finished with the Finn and Murphy stuff, which I rewatched last night, and it is hard to watch. It's awful. Yikes. Yeah. It's terrible. It was terrible at the time, and it's terrible now. <laughs> Yeah. So let's get started with Lincoln first. Um, so he's just, you know, strapped to a chair, struggling against, you know, the restraints. And mm-hmm. welcome finally to Cage Wallace. Uh, him being one of the big bads of this whole season, I like sort of thought it was weird that he didn't show up until now. I sort of, right. I remember him being here earlier. So welcome, Cage. Um, I hate you. Uh, you're horrible, <laughs> but welcome. So true. You know what's so funny, actually? And what? as we are recording this, um, me and Sam are going to be recording our uh, next Lost podcast together soon. You guys mm. aren't going to hear it for literally months, um, but it's actually... <laughs> episode five of that season as well and one of the main villains of the season whose name is Kimi shows up for the first time in that episode so it's kind of interesting that like the main villain of the season in both season two of the hundred and season four of Lost didn't show up until episode five interesting that is weird anyway I'm gonna let you claim that as a Lost reference (laughs) (laughs) I mean sure that's like one of my one of my longest stretches but I try my best (laughs) you always warm up before you reach so you're good it's true. It's true. I think in one of the recent like podcasts that I was editing, I said it was an Elastigirl level stretch, which means, <laughs> whoa, that's, you're like, not even possible. So Cage comes in and he says, I understand why this guy was chosen for the Cerberus program because he's jacked, man. So he injects him with the gross red stuff. Um, and he goes, oh, don't worry. It gets better every time. And he just straight up, straight up leaves, you know, because mm-hmm. he doesn't see these people as people, you know, he's just like, Kate, good luck with that. And walks out to like, go and do the same thing to some other poor unsuspecting grounder in the next room. Ugh. I- Trash guy, you guys. I hate this guy. Uh, unpopular opinion? Popular opinion? Probably a popular opinion. I feel like it's a popular opinion. Tor- terrible, terrible person. Yeah. Also, it's just, it's also skeevy that they put- like the main black character into an addiction storyline. And I'm just like, every time I rewatch it, I'm like, yeah, I feel gross and bad. Yeah. It just feels like the entire population of Mount Weather, uh, Maya, I guess excluded, but the, the higher ups and the like people in power feel very conservative racist when it comes Mm -hmm. to the grounders. Yeah. Like in that kind of like Mm -hmm. power imbalance, I guess. Yeah. I think it's also like weird and iffy now that you bring it up, which I didn't even like consider that much until now, but like it's sort of the... The Reapers sort of, like, we, we already know that they liken them to animals as well, which mm-hmm. is already gross. But also, you know, Mount Weather sort of, like, uses them for whatever they want, too. Yeah. Which is, like, another gross thing, especially to do to a Black character. Yeah. It just, so many things about this show that I sort of, like, zooted past the first time we watched it are yeah. somehow w- way worse in retrospect. And, like, they were bad then. And they're, like, worse now. I don't know. Yeah, I guess, you know, you, hindsight's twenty twenty, and, you know, uh, as we grow as humankind and as we grow as people, mm-hmm. you know, things change. And, yeah, I guess we're just sort of, like, 
we pay more attention now and we don't yeah. let things slide as much as we did in the past. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we were wrong. It's just that we didn't know yet. Yeah. So in the next scene, Cage comes back in and he's like, oh, great. So you're already like addicted to the drug and you want more. That's perfect. So then they shock him for 15 seconds. Another lost reference. Um, <laughs> while like this gross sound plays until he stops fighting. And they're like, wow, that's almost a record. And he calls him a thoroughbred. Ugh. He's not a horse. He's a person. That it's it's very 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 like colonialism racist like mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's very gross. Yeah, and it really feels like they're like, I'm trying to figure out what, like, the show is like, eh, he's a grounder. But, like, you gotta think about the other things that you're saying here. Mm-hmm. With the other variables in the room. You know what I mean? I mean, I think that's the intentional, I think that's the intentional meaning behind the way that they have Cage speak about him. Mm. Because Cage is awful. It's just also really hard to Correct. watch. Because, like, it's, it's not really done with a lot of nuance. So... Mm. it's just kind of like salt on a wound instead of like saying something that matters. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. No, for sure. And it sort of reminds me of like what we were talking about. I always want to say last season, but it is technically (laughs) next season, the upcoming season. But we talked about it last. So in season three, we were talking a lot about how like Pike was so clearly the bad guy based on the things that he was doing in the I ideals that he was sort of bringing forward and then they sort of like humanized him and it was confusing because it was like so am I supposed to root for this guy who's doing bad things and has bad like and hates grounders like it's sort of you know and that was confusing mm-hmm. that's what I like about season two is that they were just like this guy's bad and yeah. his ideas are bad <laughs> and he's a bad person and so it was nice you know what do they always say there's no like no such thing as good guys what is it i can't remember yeah uh there are no good guys yeah yeah there are no good guys but there are bad guys clearly you know yeah uh-huh <laughs> i do like that yeah And so Cage says, okay, great. So he's horrible. He's just like, oh, you're being tortured? Awesome. This is going just what I wanted. So let's up the dosage, continue the shocks. And when he starts getting scared of the sound, we'll move on to phase two. All right, see you, Lincoln. And he walks out again. More things happen in the episode. Then he comes back. Lincoln is scared of the noise. So he's like, great, it's phase two. So they bring in another Reaper and they start to fight for the red drug. And Lincoln kills him like pretty quickly and takes the dose for himself. Mm -hmm. I think that this is like really stupid of the Mount Weather people because it's like based on us seeing Sing going in there and like going like harvest, 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 mark this one for the Cerberus program. Doesn't seem like you have a lot of them who are marked for the Cerberus program. Like why are we killing half of the people in your Cerberus program? You know, it's like there are so many Reapers that I'm just like, how did you, how many more did you have murdered in this phase two? I mean, I guess that the amount of people that they just, like, do this to is, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming, nearly endless given the, like, people that they have in the crates. Yeah. Oh, right. Sure. Yeah. So, so they're doing a whole, like, survival of the fittest thing, and it's just gross. (laughs) It's bad. Yeah. But hey, I don't think anybody has the opinion that this is, like, a cool, good storyline that is cool and good. Exactly. You know? So... No. uh, I think, I think we're, uh, we're preaching to the choir here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) that's the Lincoln storyline. Sam, talk to me about the, these literally two scenes with Kane. Oh, bless his heart. Okay, so <laughs> Kane plants the Eden tree in the ground and uh, basically repeats the... Mm-hmm. L- For his sweet mom. 
Exactly. He repeats the last line mm-hmm. of the prayer that he said when his mother died. Um, and it's like a little memorial, I guess, for him. And it's a, it's a really cute moment. It, I think it's one of the first moments yeah. of softness that we see from him that like indicates mm-hmm. a change of heart that might last longer than like a single moment or two of vulnerability. Yeah. And the like red shirts that he's with comes back and is like, hey, this grounder won't drink any water. And Kane is like, hey, I need you to live. <laughs> So that we can all stop killing each other. And he's like... This one dude is like such a narc. <laughs> I know. He's like, he won't drink. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Also, um, he's with two guards and I totally thought he only left with one. Oh, yeah. So, okay. I don't think the other one has any lines, but... Uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. He's just around. Um, <laughs> But I'm like, we saw Kane leave and I'm pretty sure he only left with one. So, yeah, just saying. uh so kane says that they need to he needs to live so that they can stop fighting and the grounder's like sure fine whatever um and then kane's like by the way sorry that we have you tied up and he's like then undo it yeah uh but kane's like "Mm, maybe not yet and then that's the end of that scene and then yeah so i guess the the grounder i guess is named revo i don't remember if we ever like actually learn that moving forward like on screen but he's credited as revo oh great i uh fully did not know his name that's his name (laughs) the whole time we were watching yeah um, and, uh, I like Kane's whole thing where he's just like, if he wants to have us killed or if he wants to help make us peace, either way, he's got to bring us to his thing. So yeah, I like Kane does. It's going to work out. He is good at reading people, which is like surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think that if you showed the people, the person that he is in the pilot and like the person that he is at this point, I don't think, I think they would be a little bit surprised. They'd be like, mm, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. So uh, lots of things happen during the day, but not with these people. They just keep walking. Yeah, they just walk. (laughs) And by nightfall, they reach the edge of Grounder City. We don't know the name of it yet in canon, but we know that now that it's Polis. It is. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I remember seeing this this sign outside Polis every time. Yeah, it's definitely Polis um, because like they even use the subway and stuff. But I don't think at this point that we know where Kane knows. um, No, no. Because Lexa, at the end of this season, invites Clark to Polis. But we, at that point, don't right. know that the place that she met Kane was Polis. Because was we're Polis. like, oh, what's Polis? You know? Right. But it makes sense that Lexa is there and we'll see her coming up in a couple episodes. Maybe next episode. I think it's next episode. And, um, yeah. And it makes sense that she's already there. Yeah. Because this is, like, where she lives. <laughs> so they get to the edge of the city and uh there's a big sign that says no weapons beyond this point i don't know how they enforce it because there are no people here yeah right <laughs> but there is a plethora of swords on the ground indicating that most people people do it obey the honor system i guess shout out kane sends the rest of his team back to camp and says that if he's wrong only one of them needs to die and they're like you're crazy but okay (laughs) (laughs) okay the way my jaw dropped i was like wait you're telling me these guys aren't red shirts i know i was like "Mm." like they're not they're just gonna turn around straight up thought these people died (laughs) yeah for sure i think that they i think that they might die or I don't know if we ever see them again because I think I just always remember guards dying outside of Polis because in season three they like leave mm-hmm. guards out there and then they're dead. So yeah. like I think I was confusing them with those guards, those nameless guards outside <laughs> of Polis, you know. So like I I genuinely have no idea if we ever see these two again. But like in the other storyline, mm-hmm. Abby's like, mm, we should send people after Kane, and like no one no one gets there either so like right where do all these nameless guards go (laughs) like did they did they meet up in the did they get 
Like, did they also get on the way Mount Weathered or something? Or I have no idea. I have no memory of them getting back to Polis and being like, we left Kane there, lol. Yeah. But maybe they did. I don't remember. Yeah. Because like Kane comes back alone. Because I have that cabbie scene, mm. like, cemented into my brain. Not um, even with Jaha? Where does Jaha go? Jaha oh, he goes, goes to the city no, of, he, Or he goes to the dropship, I guess. Oh, I see. Right? Okay, gotcha. But Jaha does Am come I back crazy? because then he needs... Because he talks to Murphy. No, maybe he does... Maybe he does bring people back, but I... Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> we'll find out soon. We'll find out. We'll find out in two se- yeah. two episodes. It's two oh seven. It's like yeah. in I know the episode number. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah. And just to let everybody know, next episode is going to be the last episode before Riverdale starts. So you'll have to uh wait. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your patience. Uh. Yes, I really appreciate <laughs> it. Truly. Yeah. So anyway, Kane is like Kane sends his people back, and uh, the grounder then speaks English once the other two are gone because just immediately like Mm -hmm. he he does have a rapport with Kane and then Mm -hmm. Kane he tells him to drop his knife and then Kane gets it out and uses it to cut him free Mm -hmm. and then he puts the knife down trying to show good faith and exactly (laughs) yeah and they walk into the city together and the grounder just knocks him out and um Mm -hmm. the next morning they drop him in a hole and who's in that hole yes Thelonious Jaha. <laughs> Jaha! <laughs> a wild Jaha appears. Yeah, I remember watching this. <laughs> I remember watching this and just losing my mind about Ian going into a hatch, you know? Uh-huh. And it's like the same shape. There's like... Two. Exactly. Yeah, it's like... So, if you guys don't know because you're living under a rock, um, <laughs> Ian, like, basically got famous from this character on Lost where he was found inside of a hatch. Mm-hmm. And so, like, him going back into a hatch is really cool. And it also sort of reminds me, like, in season two, Desmond never did, which is Ian's character. Desmond never did, but there was an important, like, giant hole pit in the ground in season two of Lost as mm-hmm. well that they, like, threw people in, which um, reminded me of that, too. But, yeah, it's just cool to see Ian going into a hatch. Love it. <laughs> and then when he sees Jaha, it always makes me laugh because I cannot imagine the <laughs> absolute confusion in that moment. Oh, 100%. Like, you were in space. Kane's like, how? You were in space. Freaking hard did I hit my head. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wait, you were in space. And Jaha's like, so were you. Like, we both did it. Kane's like, mayhaps I died. <laughs> Yeah, perhaps. He's like, is this hell? <laughs> yeah. I love how Jaws says, so we meet again. Like, I'm, because I'm pretty sure that they mm-hmm. said, may we meet again to each other at the end. And then, so we meet again. So we did it. Yeah. So good. But yeah, just like Kane's face, Ian's face would be like, excuse me, huh? <laughs> like, is so warranted. Yeah. And he does a, he does a good job with it. Is this heaven or hell? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, like, I guess I get why the grounder knocks him out too, because like, if he just walked up there with like buddy, buddy with mm-hmm. a sky person, I don't think that anyone would listen to him. I think that they would be like jail for both of them. Everyone would be like, you're crazy they dude. Would, they would yeah. also chuck yeah. him in the hole. So. Revo, you've changed. Yeah. So those are our tiny two storylines. Um, and then we're going to go into Mount Weather. Yeah. So Jasper goes to see Dante and Dante says, so I hear you go and trying to see Clark in medical like a million times a day. <laughs> so I just wanted to let you know that she ran away. You are wasting your time. <laughs> she refused to see us as friends. And so you need to stop doing that because she's not here. Yeah. And Jasper goes, okay, well, she wouldn't just like leave us. And Dante's like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. She's gone. She did. <laughs> like she's gone so ja uh not jaha geez jasper is like are, are you out there looking for her and he's like no and like fair <laughs> enough goes i'm not sending my people out there to get irradiated to find someone who doesn't want to come back yeah and like that's a, like i'm not doing that it's a good point totally a good point
point. But what's funny is that he fully is doing that. Oh, yeah. And it's also like... Like he's fully sending his people out to go get her? Yeah. It's also... He's hiding a lot here from Jasper. Because he's making it seem Mm -hmm. like she just like dipped because she didn't want to be there. And like abandoned everybody. Clark dipped because she saw the shady shit you're doing behind the scenes. (laughs) And she is worried that you're going to start doing that to her friends. And you literally do this episode. Right. And even if they did find her, they... I don't think... Maybe I'm wrong. But I don't think they'd bring her back. I think they'd just kill her. Right? Because she knows too much. I mean, they probably would use her. They or they would like use her to. They'd want to use her for the blood program, probably. But she certainly wouldn't be allowed to talk to her friends anymore. But she definitely wouldn't be allowed back. Yeah, no. Yeah, as far as Dante's concerned, he's like, you've seen the last of her, Jasper. Yeah. (laughs) So he's like, well, you can go after her if you want. And Jasper's like, well, can I come back? And he's like, yeah, sure. This is your home now. So just let me know when you decide. Totally. It's so hard because Dante is like. They clearly set him up to be, like, not evil, you know? Like, they set him up Mm -hmm. to be, like, not as evil as Sing, not as evil as Cage, but he's obviously not innocent. Like, none of us is innocent, obviously. But, like, he's still... It's hard to figure out because, like, I want to root for Dante because he's clearly, like, a better person than the other two. Right. But it... I also don't want to root for him. It's it's confusing. And it's good writing, honestly. Yeah. It's good character. So Jasper goes back to like where they all sleep and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Monty asks if he believes Dante. And Jasper says, yeah. Like she literally faked in- to get into medical and she left us. And, and like, he's mad. It makes sense why he believes it because it is the truth. Like Dante's yeah. not telling him lies but he's hiding Mm -hmm. the whole truth so it makes Mm -hmm. the things that he is saying a lot more believable and it's a really like yeah insidious character because you like you said Mm -hmm. you do kind of like him because he's the the actor who plays him is like slightly endearing but it's got this like underbelly of insidiousness uh in like everything Mm -hmm. that he does because he's complicit he's he may not be the one like putting the needles in people but he's complicit in everything that happens under him right and it's like even like when Singh is like doing that and it was went against him and he's like mad that she did that and everything but like he doesn't throw Singh in jail or whatever you know like yeah yeah. and like Jasper has so clearly drank the Kool-Aid in like a million different ways so he's like yeah of Mm -hmm. course I believe them of course so Monty's like okay well I guess I'll pack to like go after her and I guess we'll start at the drop ship like where are we gonna go next Maya shows up and she's like are you leaving and Monty says yes I'm leaving and Jasper says no I'm not leaving and Jasper says he's not going because he's a coward so don't worry and she goes no it's smart not to go because there's no way you'd be able to make her come back yeah which is fair Mm -hmm. it's a good point you can't make Clark do anything no for sure so Jasper goes well she that's what the hard part is because she'd come after me but I'm too scared to do it for her and that sucks of me honestly that's a and that's a fair feeling to have yeah so the alarm goes off there's a containment breach and Maya's like immediately covered in burns and they bang on the door for help on IMDB um somebody with a medic who knows things about medical stuff posted this onto the IMDB for this episode said The entire concept of radiation and its effects on the human body is incorrect. (laughs) Straight up. They elaborate, but I thought that first bit was... Great, because I had a question. I had a question here Uh for science people. And that, that's so funny. Because first of all, my note here is Matt Weather straight up melted that girl's face off to emotionally manipulate Mm -hmm. a teenage boy into being a science project. And like, I know they did a lot of like horrible, Mm -hmm. horrible things, but it's just rotten all the way down. Yeah, for sure. And it's like so clear that the government fully just jeopardized her to get them to do this test. 
It's all so manipulative. Like, they were willing to, like, mm -hmm. melt her entire skin, like, body off to force these teenagers into being... So cute and cool of you, Mountweather. Exactly. So my question here for science people, Mm -hmm. and it may be answered by the information that you have, is would a blood Mm -hmm. transfusion really heal full body flesh wounds in this scenario? Okay, this is what the... Mm -hmm. Because I don't think that it would. Because, like, her entire epidermis is a wound. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this is what the IMDb person said. (laughs) My favorite line once more. My favorite (laughs) sentence in the world. The entire concept of radiation and its effects on the human body is incorrect. When Maya is burned and blistered by the radiation contamination, her skin is blistered and burned in a very short amount, short period of time. This Mm -hmm. is typically only caused by thermal radiation or direct contact with beta fallout from a nuclear blast, both occurring very shortly after the blast, not many years later. With radiation intense enough to burn her skin like that, no human would be able to survive. The doctors say that the bodies of people from space have grown immune to the effects of radiation by filtering the radiation out of the bloodstream. The type of radiation that would cause burns like the burns on Maya is called ionizing radiation and passes directly through the body, disrupting and destroying cells. It has nothing to do with circulating throughout the bloodstream. Insane. So I think it like half answered your question. Yeah. I mean, there. It, it, I think you're right that, that, that that's not what happened. It answered my question in that like, no, that's not how science works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, that concept is so much scarier than um the Mm -hmm. way that they make it look like it's passing through her entire body oh terrifying scary so maya's in the hospital and they're like oh no the standard treatment isn't working so jasper's like what else can we do (laughs) dr lorelei sings says oh Thanks for asking. This is just off the top of my head. But let me try something. If we circulate your blood through her system, it might help. I totally just thought of this just now. And I didn't Uh have this whole thing planned where I was going to steal your bodies for science. Yeah. I had no freaking clue about this. Yeah. But that is something that we could try. Just thought about it just now. (laughs) And like, you know, of course, my brain goes, hey, what if we don't have the same blood type? But clearly that doesn't matter in the future with Clark and like... Montari and stuff, so I think at blood types in just don't matter anymore. I think at some point in in either this season or season three, Clark or Abby explains that everyone from space is a universal donor slash maybe universal acceptor. Gotcha. Um, okay. Because their blood. Right. Well, I'm glad that they thought about that. Because I think their blood is like specifically engineered that way. Like, I don't know how they would have done that in mm, space. Yeah. But their blood is like specifically like designed that way to help them live longer. But like, damn, whoever like bioengineered everyone to do that, you saved like, like, I know that that was like life changing. Oh, yeah. Like, if that was a real thing and someone was like, you know what would change literally everything if mm-hmm. we did this? Like, I'd be like, I'm going to remember you forever. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be in every textbook. Like, you changed the world. Yeah. You, changed, you saved humanity, I feel like, you know? Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. So Monty's like, well, is Jasper going to be okay? And Singh is like, I'm not sure. And Jasper's like, I'm in. He doesn't care about the consequences. He wants to save Maya. Mm-hmm. So later... Monty's like, hey, are you, like, sure about this? Like, I know you have, like, a crush on her, but, like, this is a lot. This is a lot for a crush. Yeah, right. And they're like, oh, no, he might be considering not doing it. Time to, I don't know if they did this or not, but she's, then that's when the beeping. Right. It just seems like they. The conveniently timed beeping. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And she starts seizing and everything. Like, we have to do it now. So Jasper's like, I can't let her die. And so they inject it into his neck, I think. And um, he starts to feel really loopy. And I'm like immediately 
I guess mm-hmm. if it's going into his neck, it makes sense to me that it would be like an immediate thing. Yeah, I guess. And like, I, I think they sort of explain it away with them saying like how heavily sedated she is. Yeah. But I also don't know that it would be that immediate, but I guess uh, science people, please let me know. Yeah. Um. So they're like, oh, it's normal. It's all good. And Monty's like, hey, you said that in front of the wrong member of the hundred. Exactly. How would you know that if you've never done this before? And she's like, oh, yeah, uh, I just uh, misspoke. I just mean, like, that would make sense. Anyway, it'll be a while if you want to, like, leave and wait in your room. And he's like, no. He's like, yeah, absolutely freaking not. I will be sitting here. Yeah. Do you have a book? I'm sitting here. Mm -hmm. Great. Great Monty moment. One of the best Monty moments of the show, in my opinion. Yeah. I agree with you. Iconic. So later, Maya looks way better already, which feels, like you said, unrealistic that, like, sores would fix that fast. But, hey- I don't know about space blood, so whatever. Like, could you just imagine her entire skin just, like, coming back to life while you're standing there? Like, that would just look unreal. Right, like, all of these scabs just, like, fall off. Yeah. 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 So, Singh tells her that no one's come ever come back from being as sick as you because Jasper saved you. And Maya's like, I knew you were brave. And Jasper throws up and that wakes up Monty and what a horrible thing to wake up to. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, also, dear Maya... Um, consider that this was done to you and it wasn't an accident. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Right. So in the last scene, Singh goes to talk to the Wallaces and they're like, how's the patient? And she's like, Maya? Oh, she's amazing. It's great. (laughs) And they're like, no, Jasper. She's like, oh, he's fine. He'll recover. He just gave some blood. I don't know. (laughs) So Dante's like, okay, but I told you not to experiment on the kids and you like did it anyway. And she's like, well, why have them if we don't get to use them? I don't like that. Yeah, it's interesting that Dante is, like, um, playing the long game of mm-hmm. we'll integrate these people into our society and eventually they'll either, like, donate their blood or we'll just mm-hmm. all stay under here for another hundred years and our blood will be fine. But, like, she's clearly, like, reached a point in life. I don't know what I'm trying to say here exactly. I just think it's- No, I get it. And w- interesting how mm-hmm. she's, like, directly to- She's straight up evil and he's like insidious evil, I guess. It's another like comparison of that difference between them. Right. And that's why I cheer because she, when she dies, because it's so triumphant when she dies. Yeah. Um, But this sort of reminds me of like, I feel like Dante, you're right, is playing the long game. And it reminds me of like that iconic moment where uh, near the end of the season where Kane is like, no, no, we'll donate. We'll donate our blood or like bone marrow. Like we'll donate it. And I feel like that's the game that he's playing is he's just like, if we befriend them enough and they become part of us. And then we tell them, hey, we figured this out that you could, like, save all of our lives or whatever. Yeah. They'll help us because they love us and they're our friends. Like, I wonder if... But I guess that's too too slow for singing Cage, so... And I'm like, why are you running? But, (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, like, I wonder what his ultimate goal was. And, like, if it yeah. would have worked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, I feel like they could have reached an agreement. Like, Kane and Abby yeah. would have. They're they're smart people. They would have come to an agreement. But it's. I think it's also. There are so many members of Sky Crew. I think it's also, like, the problem is that Mount Weather and all the people in it, honestly, had to die. Because what they've done to the Grounders is so evil. Mm. There's oh, no. For sure. Like, making up for that with the sky people even if they could have like bartered themselves a deal by just being a shady group of people under the ground they're too evil to make a deal with i guess 
Yeah. Yeah. So then Cage is like, well, you don't get to decide if we use them or not. And she goes, go back to the dungeon with your monsters. And he's like, um, they're soldiers. And the reason you get to do what you do up here. And Dante's like, oh my God, stop. It's so funny because they're like, these two have a disgusting relationship. (laughs) It's gross, but I'm also like, what do you guys do behind closed doors? Exactly. No, like I absolutely, you know, I think that they violently hate each other and they have like the weirdest sexual relationship. Like a hundred percent. They absolutely do. Oh, it's gross. <laughs> and it's like, I'm like, I'm like, you guys like the weird debates that you have. I feel like you guys 100%. like having these weird spats. Oh yeah. They absolutely do. Yeah. So Dante is like, listen, we all have a job and mine is to be obeyed. And I was like, oh, that's <laughs> same. <laughs> Sounds like a great gig. How do you get that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Singh is like, that's fine. But just so you know, this was like a total success. And after this, I feel like we have no choice but to keep doing it. So Dante's like, go away. <laughs> and she's like, like, okay, so she leaves. I don't like it. <laughs> so he turns to Cage and he's like, why did this leak happen? And Cage says, air filtration system malfunctioned, but the containment system worked. Clearly, Cage was the one who like helped orchestrate this. Exactly. And he's fully lying to his dad. Yep. And so he's like, whatever, dad, go back to painting. And then that's like the reveal that they're father and son. And he's like, I'm head of security. I'll deal with it. And Dante's like, okay, but please tell me what your opinion is. And Cage says we should use them because our people come first. Ugh. <sighs> Woof. I hate them. I really do. They're good villains because they're so awful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm inclined to agree. (laughs) So before we get into the final two storylines, we're going to talk about Patreon real quick. Um, It's a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. Our Patreon, patreon.com slash theafficionados. At the literally $1 a month level, you get early access to every podcast. This one comes out a whole week in advance. And fun fact, um, I (laughs) recently made it so that you guys can do a month free trial of the $1 a month early access uh, tier. Ooh, fun. Honestly, I I recommend, like, if you're going to listen to the Riverdale podcast, I recommend getting your free trial when Riverdale starts because that's when uh, you will get them episode, the episodes weekly. So I'm just saying, maybe check that out. <laughs> We've got a couple other tiers, but our main other one is the $10 level, which is when you get our Patreon-only podcast, um, which comes out every two weeks. And if you join at that level, you get like 50 episodes backlog. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, so yeah, um, if not, check out some of our small businesses. I have a small business. Uh, former co-host Brittany has a small business. Lost co-host Casey has a small business. All of those are in the description. If not, just recommend us to a friend. That'd be really great. Um, we really appreciate you and thanks. Also, I had key recommend all of their small businesses. I don't have one, but um, all of my friends make great things and you should check them out. Casey makes candles, Brittany makes pins, and Robin makes embroideries. Thanks so much, you guys. A pre. <laughs> and now we're going to go into the Camp Jaha slash Bellark stuff and Sam covered that. Sure did. The, the, the difference in the length of my cane summary and my <laughs> Camp Jaha summary is... Right, insane. Massive. <laughs> Significant. So, uh... Moments after the end of the previous episode, Clark is dragged into mm-hmm. camp. She is wounded and nearly unconscious. And when Abby sees who they're like dragging in, Burn is like, no, don't stay away from the prisoner, ma'am. And Abby's like, are you out of your mind? That is my child. <laughs> Abby's like, I'm going to clock you across <laughs> the face right now. Yeah, if you don't get out of my way. Clark is a little confused because the last time she heard her heard her mom uh, was dead. Um mm-hmm. 
And this is where I had my little note of, oops, I take it back. Yeah, same. Uh, so in the med bay, Abby is treating Clark's wounds and with Jackson is helping out. And she explains that she didn't die in the ship because she wasn't on it. Um, and Clark's like, sure, good answer. <laughs> Burn comes in to... <laughs> She's like, I guess you're right. Yeah, like that explains it. Mm-hmm. Burn comes in to interrogate Clark and it sort of like gets her riled up. And like, <laughs> she's like, hey, uh, are you okay? She's like, let me just g- get my jacket on Listen, while I'm actively bleeding. My bad. <laughs> and Abby is like, um, for the love of God, go touch grass um, while I actually <laughs> yeah. tend to these wounds. <laughs> my favorite part is when Clark is like, I was at Mount Weather. And Bird is like, the grounders took you to Mount Weather? And she's like, oh my God, <laughs> stop it with the grounders. Yeah. No, there are more parties available. It's crazy because none of the, these people know about Mount Weather yet. And like right. they would have if they didn't shot Anya. But um, it's, just, it's crazy that they she just immediately assumed Mount Weather because we're all like, mm-hmm. yeah, why would the grounders take her to Mount Weather? I don't know. It's funny in yeah, no, and like, like out of context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like later, I think it was probably like Bellamy or something. And mm-hmm. he was like, we thought the grounders took you. And she's like, it makes total sense that you thought the grounders took yeah. us because that's like literally the only option available in your minds. Exactly. Um, but when Burn does it, it's when, annoying. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, it's it's honestly like a kind of a flaw in the writing I think of the mm. difference between Clark's relationships with the adult characters and her relationships with Bellamy like it mm. makes sense that mm-hmm. she would that she and Bellamy have more of a understanding of the ground but why did any of these people know about Mount Weather nobody knows about Mount Weather yeah. because you didn't tell them yeah like I think some people know that they were supposed to go to Mount Weather, you know. Yeah. But, like they have no idea that they got there. They have no idea that people were there. And like we dropped on the wrong damn mountain, or like whatever that yeah. line is in the pilot. Exactly. So like, how are we even supposed to get over <laughs> to that other mountain? I don't even know that mountain. <laughs> so in the tent, Jackson leaves and gives Abby and Clark a minute together, um, and she tells Clark that six of the hundred made them made it to the camp, including Finn and Bellamy. Clark starts. So as far as, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I was like trying to count it out myself. So I think it's Finn, Bellamy, Raven, Murphy, Monroe, and Sterling. Octavia? Question mark. Oh yeah. So who? Or Octavia. No, Octavia doesn't come back until later in this episode. You're right. Oh, so Abby hasn't seen Octavia yet. No. Yeah, you're right. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I was like, well, too bad. Uh, Sterling's already gone. <laughs> yeah. Oops, we lost Sterling already. Uh, we just replaced yeah. him with, with Octavia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, better. So, yeah. <laughs> so Clark starts to cry because she thought that so many of the people that she cared about uh, were dead from like Abby to Finn to Bellamy, etc. Um, and now mm-hmm. not only has she gotten her mom back, but she knows that Finn and Bellamy are both alive. Um, and it's like, mm-hmm. uh, she's finally safe for a moment after like not being yeah. safe for like three months. It reminds me of like Harper and I think it's, what's the, I guess it was last season or the <laughs> upcoming season where she's like, we finally have like a moment to be safe. Yeah. I think about that. Oh, Harper. <laughs> uh, so the next morning Clark wakes up in med bay to find Abby asleep at her side. She notices the chancellor's pen and is like, mm, that's weird. Didn't you get fired? And Abby's like, uh, well, <laughs> she's like, actually, it's better than you think. Well, Jaha. And then Abby dabs. Quote, died. Oh my God, right? <laughs> Jaha died and then, like, quote unquote. And uh, as mm-hmm. far as they know, Kane went to negotiate with the grounders and who knows how that'll go. So she's in charge. It makes me laugh so much that Clark's like, well, we're not with the grounders. Yeah. And Abby's like, yeah, let me give him a call and just let him know. Right. 
Let me just pull him up on the walkie-talkie. Sorry, I can't. I Sorry, I don't have an opportunity to communicate right now. Yeah. It's like- <laughs> And it's, I also wanted to say that when she kisses her on the forehead, she's like covered in mud and blood and it's kind of gross. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That's totally fair. It's like, ah, your mom loves you, but I'm also like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's like- like you said earlier, it's weird that she understands why Bellamy wouldn't know about the grounders not having them. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. And it's just weird that you're like, okay, no one knew that. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense that everybody was confused, but we're good now. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I'll send a guy. <laughs> it's going to take a minute, though. Yeah. So Clark tries to clarify. Texting isn't a thing anymore. <laughs> Clark clarifies that the grounders don't have the rest of the hundred and she's also immediately worried about how long she's been resting and she's ready to go save her friends. And Abby's like, Mm -hmm. please, can you chill? Uh, Please. And then she starts to realize how much Clark has grown in the time that they've been apart. And Mm -hmm. uh, suddenly Byrne comes in and tells them, hey, there's people in the trees. And this time they haven't shot at them. A miracle. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. They're just like, we don't think it's grounders. I'm like, well, it's nice that we're thinking about it before we do it now. Yeah. Since maybe last (sighs) night you almost killed the chancellor's daughter. Like that's so smart of you to think about it for once. You would have been it's so deep in it, Major Burn. <laughs> so when they exit the tent, Clark uh, reunites with Raven, and Raven apparently waited all night uh, while Clark was in there. And I'm like, that's really sweet. You probably could have come in and yeah. Abby would have given you a chair. Princess mechanic. Oh, I love it. Clark notices her brace and Raven's like, I'm dealing with it, but it sucks. Or she says, it sucks, but I'm dealing with it. So it like mm-hmm. the up is on the end of that. Yeah. So she tells Clark to go ahead and Clark sees who has come back and she runs up and hugs Bellamy and uh, they have this little moment and Raven then joins them and he's like, hey, so how many people are with you? And Clark is like, absolutely zero. Where's Finn? And he's like, about that. Yeah. (laughs) God damn it. He's looking for you. This is really awkward. (laughs) I think it would be absolutely insane to not mention the Bellark hug. Oh, yeah. It's... You know, iconic and for good reason. Like, yeah, I'm fully prepared to admit that's a damn good hug. Like, and I know everybody's like, everybody, a lot of people have like gone frame by frame through this hug. Oh, yeah. And I completely understand why. Like the hesitation Uh on Bellamy and then just like, like, it's a good hug. And it's like a good shippy hug. Like, it's good stuff. And like, like at this point, I came into the show when 208 was airing. So, like, mm-hmm. pretty shortly after, in all the live episodes that I watched, I fell onto the, like, gay side of things, obviously. Yeah. However. Oh, why's that? Up to this point, <laughs> I completely understand why people ship this. And, like, especially yeah. if you see that hug and, like, the emphasis that they put on it, you think that it's going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And Oh, for and, sure. Yeah. Because, like. The the Kane and Abby moment in 213 is that's the first time that I or actually that's the first time that I like considered that the show was going to do it. And then by the finale moment, I was like, oh, they're actually going to make this canon for me. That's great. Mm-hmm. So I I wonder how many times people watched stuff like this happen and were like, oh, so this is going somewhere. And then it just wasn't. And I'm just like, I get it. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel for the Bellarks. I absolutely do. A hundred billion percent. And like, I'm not going to say anything about who Bob is as a person, but like, dude, your arms look great in this hug. (laughs) 
That's a fair point. Great work, man. But my favorite part is Octavia being like, whoa, okay. And then Clark like hugs Octavia, but it's like significantly less intimate. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. She's like, here, it's like almost a side hug with with Octavia. She was like, yeah, right. She's like, oh yeah. And you are also here. Hey, Octavia, nice to see you. And also thanks for... <laughs> yeah yeah oh for sure yeah and especially in season one too like they were ramping up bellamy and clark 100 oh, yeah. billion percent and i completely see that and yeah i'm sad for the bellarks but ultimately you guys won because the actors got <laughs> married well which was the most insane day of my life but <laughs> yeah. that was wild and it will remain wild till the end of time yeah mm-hmm that was just out of nowhere, man. See, see everybody got what they wanted because Clark and Lexa got it yeah. in the show and the reality is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you guys get to know that even though they never kissed on the show, they kiss in real life. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> Congrats. Uh, so anyway, Raven is like really confused and disappointed when um, Finn is straight up not there. Yeah. Later, Abby meets with the other, like, leaders and people who have, like, respect and power in the camp Mm -hmm. to unpack the intel that they got from Clark on Mount Weather. She decides that they still need more information before they just go storming in there to get the kids. But given that Clark said that they were fine at the time, they think that they have, like, the amount of time that they need to think about it. Some extra, yeah. So they decide to send a team after Kane so that he knows that the grounders don't have the kids and not to like go in their guns a blazing. Um, and mm-hmm. then Byrne is like, hey, what about those other two kids that we gave guns? That's definitely yeah. not a problem, right? <laughs> and so it immediately hard cuts. Well, it wasn't Major Burns like that somebody gave guns to. <laughs> right. Chancellor Griffin. Right. <laughs> so it immediately hard cuts to Clark and she's livid that they won't go after um Mm -hmm. finn and murphy she says i know that this is about finn i know that it's about finn but i love thinking that people care about murphy (laughs) i know that he wouldn't love that but i do it (laughs) gives me warm fuzzy feelings that's totally fair dude she says that they can't cut them loose because they're in trouble and i'm like ma'am they are the trouble um, but you don't know that. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> Abby ends the conversation, but Bellamy is like, hey, um, this is your problem too, because you sent them out there and it's a little bit projecting because he is the one that gave them both guns. A hundred percent. And I think that Abby does have points here. Like she's like, we can't oh, yeah. give you more guards. Like we're sending guards for Kane. And like, if we send guards for them too, yeah. then we don't have any guards to protect the camp. And that's where most of our people are. Yeah. I absolutely think that Abby is correct about the resources of the, like, yeah, the camp itself. The camp. And, mm-hmm. but I also do think, I think it's obvious now in retrospect that she has her, like, mom blinders on because the logical thing yes. to do here is to send Clark and Bellamy after them. Mm-hmm. And, like, it just, it would have been, but she she won't do it because it's Clark. Um, and she's trying yeah. to protect her. But it might have saved them all a lot of trouble if they had gotten to Finn just a little bit sooner. Yeah. And it's funny that Clark is like, well, either they'll get killed or make things worse with the grounders. And I'm like, ugh, this ironic foreshadowing is <laughs> I have rough. bad news about what he's doing right now. <laughs> and I also like, I wrote... Abby says, sorry, but we have to prioritize Kane because I love him. I know. I was, I'm like, oh, Sam, you guys are both fighting him. over your boyfriends right now. This is, uh... We're in love. Poetic. <laughs> yeah. And Clark being like, you shouldn't have killed literally the only grounder that would help us. And Abby's like, literally, that wasn't my fault. Yeah. Abby's like, I've been saying don't shoot the tree line since we got here, but you wouldn't know that. <laughs> 
Yeah. A lot of, I think, the conflict in this show comes from people just not talking to each other. A hundred percent. And that's why, like, the... The most frustrating kind of conflict. What's it called? Not miscommunication, but, like, the... Is that what it is? Miscommunication? What's the What's the trope called? I can't remember, but, like, it's, it's sometimes frustrating yeah. if not done well. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure, like, what the official title of it is, is either, but I know what you're... I can't remember what it's called. I know what you mean. I'm gonna Google it while you're talking and I'll let you know. Everybody's yelling at their phones. <laughs> All right. Abby uh, shuts it down and says they can't use anybody else. And she says, before she's like pulled into an emergency with Jackson, uh, she tells Byrne not to let anybody leave the camp. But Clark and Bellamy have already made up their minds. Uh, they are leaving. They've already decided where are we going to get guns and how are we going to sneak out? The next... I don't know if it's the next morning or if it's just later that same day. I can't tell when anything is. Yeah. Well, I mean, if Clark slept through the night, I think that it's probably still that same oh, okay. same day, if I had to guess. It's just weird because the conversation that they have seems so dark in the hallway. Like the lighting in that scene to me is nighttime. And yeah. I always get confused. Oh, sure. Yeah, they could always use more sunlight inside the actual arc. Yeah. Um, also, I'm finding poor communication, impeded communication, mm. and lack of communication. For some reason, I thought there was like an actual straight up yeah. name for this trope, but whatever. I guess I'll go, hmm, never mind. I don't know, but whatever. Go on. <laughs> I think we're probably thinking of missed communication, but it's... Also Maybe. overlapping in our head with miscommunication. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not even talking about, like, the main thing that I always think about is in Stranger Things. Like, season one, I guess, is what I'm thinking about in particular. That, like, if Nancy and Jonathan would talk to Joyce, or if these ones would, like, talk to the kids, then, like, mm -hmm. all would be solved. But they're not, because they don't know to talk to each other about it, yeah. you know? And, like... That's not missed communication because they don't yeah. even think to talk to each other. And it's not, you know, I don't know. If you guys remember what this trope is called, let me know. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we're being like Berenstain Bears right now. Yeah, we're being <laughs> pedantic also for sure. But <laughs> whatever. So they meet up with uh, Raven at the fence and then Octavia shows up and they're like, we're out of here. Raven has... Yeah. She's like, come on, let me be the third wheel. I have all these reasons to be the third wheel. And they're like, we wanted to, you to come anyway. So it's yeah. fine. <laughs> uh, and then Raven has Wick shut down the fence and... You're a real bro, Wick. They slip right out. Yeah. I just feel like it would be so easy for the the guards to see them walk, just straight up walk away in broad daylight. Like, oh, yeah. when they could see Clark and Anya in the dark from that far away, I'm just like, hey, is that Clark, Bellamy, and Octavia walking out into the trees? Yeah, but we're not supposed to shoot ones that aren't grounders anymore, so they can just go, I guess. Right. <laughs> They just decide that it's fine now. Do we need to tell Major Byrne? No, it's eh. probably fine. <laughs> I don't know. It was probably fine. Uh, they're camping out in the woods and Bellamy is watching Clark and Octavia sleep. And Clark wakes up and they talk about Finn. He tells her that he's changed and tells Clark about like all the people that he's killed and the way he's behaving. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of <laughs> obvious that Bellamy feels a little guilty for letting him go with the gun. Yeah. Like, knowing that he's capable of straight-up murder. I love that moment because she's like, yeah, Clark's like, well, that doesn't sound like him. And Bellamy's like, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. He's, like, clearly capable of a lot, and I let him walk off with two guns and a Murphy. Yeah. What am I thinking? He's worried about his boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Finn. <laughs> yeah. So they <laughs> Clark's like, hey, uh, it's totally not your fault because um, you didn't know any better and everything mm -hmm. is fine. And Bellamy's like, 
okay, so how long before <laughs> chocolate cake turns into murder? And they're like, hmm, yeah, probably soon. Which is also really good foreshadowing. Yeah. Because Bellamy is one of the people, it's like one of the only, if not the only, oh, no, never mind. Like, Fo- that's how Fox dies. Or does Fox oh. get her, uh, does Fox get her bone marrow or does she get uh, drained? Uh, I can't remember. She gets bone marrowed to death. Oh, okay. So maybe... Uh, Bellamy might be the only Sky Crew member who was straight up like strung upside down like that. So it's crazy I... that he's the one who's saying that. Yeah. Isn't he? Right. When, when does that happen? Because everyone else gets bone marrowed, I think. Uh, he's like in there and then he No, no, I know. I know what you're dresses up as Lovejoy. So I know what you're saying. Does he dress up as Lovejoy before or after he gets strung up? I think that's after. But that's like later in this season, right? Like he never Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. I, sorry, I was I was getting my timelines confused. I was like, he mm. wasn't there already, right? No. No. Okay, sorry, carry on. That's okay, I'm going on the Bellamy Blake Wikipedia <laughs> page to find out. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting that he's like the only one. And then I love that they're like, okay, well, let's do Finn and then we'll save everyone in Mount Weather. And Octavia's like, I'm awake and also you forgot my one thing. Exactly. You asshole. She literally is like, I'm up. And we're going for Lincoln also as well. <laughs> you poop heads. Yeah. Uh, and it's, we've had enough sleeping, even though she fully is like probably aware that Bellamy has not slept. Yeah. <laughs> so then they get up and keep moving. And back at Camp Jaha, Abby finds Clark's note and confronts Raven about it. Raven oh, feigns innocence and Abby doesn't believe her and slaps her. Abby is scared for Clark and she's like admits that <laughs> and takes the drink from Raven and then Raven tells Abby that Clark stopped being a kid the day she sent her down here to die. Iconic. This scene sucks. <laughs> yeah so here are some of the things that I thought basically I thought that first of all Clark's like writing or whatever I don't know if Eliza wrote that but her writing kind of looks like mine like that that oh. mom at the top like I could have written that. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of interesting because I've never thought that I had like very good penmanship so it's like cool to see like my penmanship on the screen you know representation (laughs) matters and uh another thing is just like abby being like someone let them through the fence and armed them and it's like oh funny cute that's literally what you did and now you're mad yeah the other thing about the slap before i definitely want to hear what you think about it as Uh like the abby stand in the room i thought it was so crazy that she just straight up slapped her like in front of people like she's the chancellor Mm -hmm. you know it's like hard to get reelected when you like hit kids yeah i mean it's it is and then so yeah yeah, my next note was just, Sam, how do you feel about this moment? And is this out of character to you? I mean, I feel like Sky people are, are going to look at, uh, the other way about it because they're literally mm. a group of people who lock children in jail for committing a crime. Sure, okay. That That's they fair. don't even have control of. <clears throat> so, like, these people all kind of suck. <laughs> mm-hmm. But my my main thoughts on the slap are I do think it's out of character. Uh, I think it is bad writing. Um, and I also think that I should have, like, talked about how much this scene sucks more like at the time because like I I don't think mm. I never defended what Abby does but I didn't like violently enough say how shitty it was I think mm-hmm. because like I think it's bad writing because I don't think that Abby would do that personally but it also is the mm-hmm. writing that they gave her and it's in line with the shitty writing that they give her in season six when they have her mm-hmm. shock Raven. Yeah. And so like, it's disappointing because I really like this relationship. It's one of my favorite relationships on the show. Mm-hmm. So it's sad to see Raven suffer just more because she suffered her entire freaking life. And she 
Yeah. Nine times out of ten has done nothing wrong. And this is one of the times out of ten that I would say she didn't really do anything wrong. Like, I understand Mm -hmm. why Abby would be upset with her, but it's not enough to justify what she does at all. And I think Raven is kind to just sort of, like, immediately forgive her, knowing how much, like, she loves Clark and stuff like that. Like, Mm -hmm. that is more grace than I would have given if somebody slapped me across the face for doing nothing wrong. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I also wanted to say that uh, I looked it up and he is hung, Bellamy, uh, mm-hmm. hung upside down before becoming Lovejoy. And that's because like Lincoln takes him there and that's like how he um, infiltrates them is by getting. Oh, right. Is getting picked up. Like like beca- being a grounder and yeah. Reaper style. Right. They don't know yeah. that he's a sky person. And then they're like, <laughs> Harvest, this guy is, looks nothing like that other guy. <laughs> <laughs> This guy is not a Cerberus program guy. No. And, uh... That's what I got. They they also just fully don't realize that his blood is doing as well as it should. Like, it's like, oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Maybe huh. this one's special. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, and then Clark and Bellamy and Octavia walk past Lincoln's village, and it's the Lincoln Memorial, and we see it again. Uh, Octavia cries because she couldn't save him, and then bad things happen at the end of Robin's storyline. Yeah. Yeah, um, Octavia's also probably crying because it's so cool that this is where Night at the Museum takes place. Um, <laughs> that's why I would cry, so. So true. Night at the Museum 2. Did I say 2? Just to be clear, it does not, is not where Night at the Museum 1 takes place. <laughs> that's somewhere else. All right, you guys. Oh boy. So Finn and Murphy. <clears throat> Finn and Murphy make it to the village. Is this? This is not Tondisi right? Um, Tondisi is like bigger and somewhere else? No, I would say this counts as Tondisi. I would say that it's... Okay. I would say this is part of Tondisi. Okay. Like it might be a specific localized part of it. I mean, if it's right by the Lincoln Memorial, then you're right. It's totally Tondisi. Because the Pana episode is also the Smithsonian. So Mm. it's probably like maybe a couple... mm, The miles between this and... The zoo Smithsonian are probably all Tondisi, I would say. It's like the city proper. Gotcha. So Tondisi is just like pretty big. I yeah, I would say Tondisi is large. Yeah. Okay. So Finn and Mur- Murphy make it to Tondisi. Finn counts 26, Murphy counts 28, but they're like, Murphy's like, dude, these are not warriors. Like, they're just people. Like, we're seeing little kids in here. We're seeing the elderly. Like, I don't think that they have our friends. Mm-mm. Like, l- they don't even have anything to hold them in. Like, what? where would they even be? And um, just, you know, gotta cry at Murphy calling them our friends. Yeah. Sorry, I just have to. <laughs> you know, I think every time someone calls Murphy his friend, or if Murphy calls somebody his friend, I think all the time about when Clark called Murphy uh, her friend in season three, and Richard said that Murphy wouldn't like that. I think about it every single time, but I'm like, but then Murphy says that they're his friends. I don't know. I just think about that a lot. So Finn says, okay, they must be underground then. So we'll go in after dark. And Murphy's like, go go in. We don't even know if they're here. And he's like, no, they are. That grounder said. Uh And he's like, how much ammo do we have? Murphy's like, Jesus Christ. He's like, I liked you better when you were chill and, you know, liked peace or whatever. Yeah. Murphy's like, what have I gotten into? Um, and how can I give out of it? <laughs> He's like, I just wanted to not go back to the village. Yeah, I did not want to go back to the camp and now I have to do this. He's like, I just didn't want to have to like go to jail. Yeah. But I don't want to commit a hate crime. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. So now that it's dark, um, Finn, you know, comes in, commits some arson on where they keep their food. You know, so this little place is where they keep their food and, you know, a bunch of gasoline on the ground, clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't see their food going up that quickly. Um, so everyone else is panicking and Murphy's like, oh, I see a distraction. Okay. So they accidentally get seen. And so they hit that guy in the face and Murphy's like, let's run away. And he's like, no, they'll kill our friends. And Murphy's like, what about us? <laughs> I don't know. That's my favorite person. So I want him to be safe. Murphy says about himself, you know? Right. <laughs> so Finn takes that guy hostage, fires into the air, and he's like, who's in charge? Nyko's here. Our friend Nyko. And he says, hey, our leader isn't here right now. I'm the best you've got. I just wanted to say, Nyko, I love you. You're so brave. I love him. He's such a great guy. Love Nyko. He's a he's a very good, like, NPC character who yeah. just is there for goodness, which is, like, rare on mm-hmm. this show. For sure. Now, who is the leader? Do we know that? Of this village? I don't- Yeah. I would assume that, so like, what does he say in context? Sorry. He, yeah, he says, um, like, uh, uh, Finn says, who's in charge? Who's in charge? And Mm -hmm. Nyko says something like, our leader isn't here right now, uh, but I will be like the spokesperson or whatever. I want to say he means Lexa. Ah, okay. For some reason, I... Because they do... And maybe I'm in the wrong section of of Tree Crew, but like, I always think it's Anya. Ooh, that would make sense as well because mm-hmm. she Lexa comes from the same yeah. village as Anya, and so mm-hmm. it would make sense if Anya was in charge of this sort of part mm-hmm. of the town. Uh, I also think maybe it's possible that it's um, Indra. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, but I don't know where. Yeah, I don't know where she is at this point either. Yeah. But but this is the place that they come back to for a lot of season, like the back half of season two. Yeah. So I, I, this is... Like, this is where the bomb is dropped, right? I would say this is Ton DC. And, like, okay, yeah. where it's where the bomb's dropped. It's where they have the the meeting with, like, the Sky Crew and, and Lexa. Like, and they share that meal and the bomb is dropped here. Yeah. Because that's... Oh, and, like, Finn just died. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And, like, they do the death by a thousand cuts here. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> yeah, so I would say any of the people we picked are... Are good okay. options for that. I love that they're all ladies. I just think that's great. Honestly, T. So stay calm in Trigetta slang sounds like chill out, which I think is amazing. <laughs> um, I always love like the little Easter eggs that are put in the language. Mm-hmm. The guy who created that language is really like, it's fun to see all the little bits and pieces. Like, yeah. It, it was a cool, it's, it's always cool when a show has a fictional like really cool aspect of this show language and you can understand yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Finn's like, please just give us our people. We don't want to hurt anyone. And I'm like, is that true, bud? I don't believe you. I don't know, man. <laughs> so Nyko's like, okay, we don't have your people. <laughs> yeah. To most of my notes for just this storyline are just Finn sucks. And then Finn sucks so much. And it just increases like, yeah, that's so fair. Through the episode. <laughs> yeah. So Nyko's like, we don't have your people. And Finn's like, okay, well, we're going to look around for them. And Nyko's like, okay. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, you won't find them. You're not going to find anything, but all right. And like, he's running around for hours. The sun comes up. Yeah, clearly. And Murphy's like, I'm tired. <laughs> She's like, can we go? They're clearly not here. You're not going to like yeah. uncover some dirt where they're like in a hole in the ground. They're not here. Yeah. Like, if they were, would we not be, like, hearing them yeah. call for us or something? I don't know. So, yeah, Finn's looking around and Murphy's watching the hostages and they've sort of, like, corralled them in this little fence. Sweet little Artigas wants to do something, but Nyko keeps saying no. And Artigas keeps making this, like, weird eye contact with Murphy. And 
I'm sad about Artagos. It always makes me really sad about him because he was just a kid. Yeah. But I'm also like, dude, dude, just be a hostage, man. Don't be a hero. Yeah. I feel like he could have like, and he like just got his dad back and stuff too. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just sad. And it's so weird because like Finn up until now has been like good guy Finn. Like, I don't know. None of like people watching were like, we hate Finn. But like the Mm -hmm. writers were like, Finn's one of our heroes. You know? Yeah. Up until the last like handful of episodes. And now it's like, it's been such a turn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like he kills that guy and then he's like gone. Yeah, he's gone. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they had to kill Finn after this. There's no coming back from this. Yeah, this, like, like we were saying with the Mount Weather people earlier, there, there's no justifying this. It's just evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can't be redeemed for it. Like, the, when you're watching it, it's, like, such a blatant, I was thinking about this when I was watching it, was the way that it's such a clear representation of, like, male rage. Because, like, mm. he just starts shooting these people because he's angry and scared and, like, one of them moved. Like, it he had lived they had literally, literally decided to leave and somebody moved and it, it he that was the last straw for him so it's just pure mm-hmm. rage and i was thinking about the comparison between like how we show male rage on screen and how we show female rage on screen and mm-hmm. i think in the early seasons there's some like good moments of female rage like honestly in, mm-hmm. in the later seasons but i also don't want to give any of the later seasons compliments um <laughs> Sure. But, um... Like, the one that came to my mind when you said that, um, was in season three when Lexa is like, I am... What does she say to Titus? It's like, I am not... Or, like, I am... I am not... What is she... Like, the the feelings from duty... The duty... Yes, yes, yes. That's the one. Yes. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, and I just... There's moments with Clark, I think, even in the... Over the next few seasons, where you can just... Mm-hmm. it's more thoughtful than male rage. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know. I just thought it was very testosterone-y. <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> word to use. But like at the time of watching it, I was like, this is so, I guess like stereotypical maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know sure. exactly the word I'm looking for, but it's very like, ah, uh, violence for the sake of violence. Yeah. I remember being so much like when Murphy is the voice of reason, Mm-hmm. something's happening here. Like, yeah. I think that the, having seen what Murphy has done in the past, and, like, I have Murphy glasses on all the time. Murphy's my favorite character. So, like, I am constantly thinking of, like, insights to do with Murphy. But mm-hmm. I also think that it's really interesting that they put Finn beside Murphy in this, in this because of the things that we've seen Murphy do. And then, like, you can tell that, like, Murphy, he's ruthless, but mm-hmm. he also, like, does things out of, revenge most of the time and he knows that these people haven't done anything wrong and it absolutely kills him that like that they're doing this because there's no reason for it Mm -hmm. he's like if these people have done anything wrong but these are innocent people and like it's just cool to put the juxtaposition between finn and murphy there knowing Mm -hmm. who murphy is i I think if i sorted murphy on the like neutral good like thing that Mm -hmm. yeah scale um i think that murphy would be chaotic neutral Mm-hmm. Because, like, he, the, the choices he makes do often have, like, chaotic consequences, but he's mm-hmm. neither on the, like, straight up, I'm doing things because they're good, or I'm doing things because they're mm-hmm. bad. He's, I'm doing things because they benefit me. Yeah. He yeah. believes in justice, and, mm-hmm. like, sometimes his justice is skewed, mm-hmm. but that's what he believes in, and he, and, you know, the justice has to be done right by him. Yeah. But it is justice. So Murphy's like, okay, Finn, clearly they're not here. Like, it's been hours. And Mm -hmm. then Finn 
finds their clothes. And he's like, they were here. You killed them. And Nyko's like, no, um, we, like, I don't know. They, we found. No, Nyko doesn't even like that stuff. I don't know. Octavia was here. Yeah. Nyko is like literally saying all true things. And it's Murphy actually that is like, these yeah. people just found that stuff. Like, can you please, mm-hmm. can we leave? Murphy's like, even if they did kill our friends, I don't want to be here anymore. And can we yeah. just go? He's like, we've hit the time limit on the amount of time I want to spend in this village. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm done here. I'm scared for my life. I don't want to be here. But yeah. Nyko is also like, he's like, Octavia was here, but she was here by herself. And actually, like, when they found this stuff, I wasn't even here. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And... So, like you said, Murphy's the one who's, like, they're scavengers. They found this stuff. And it's really interesting because Murphy, like, does this thing where he's, like, Finn, look at me. He, like, tries to to ground Finn by, like, looking into his eyes and Finn won't look at him. Mm-hmm. I love this scene for Murphy. I really do. It's just, it's so hard to watch because Finn is so bad. Yeah. And speaking of, Finn just chooses a random-ass woman and pins her down and threatens Ugh. her, puts his boot on her face it's so hard to watch like it's just so violent like this is messed up this is when i put my note that like they had to kill finn after this yeah like this is, i feel like this is part of the uh they had to like he's horrible i feel like this is part of the game of thrones effect that like mm. this that series had on television was just like mm-hmm. oh because game of thrones got a lot of clout for how brutally violent it was and because yeah. no one had really done that on tv yet and now yeah especially this is like right in the wake of that that high on television so all of the shows at the time started doing the most like pushing the envelope of violence in their Mm. specific spheres and i feel like this is one of the moments on the hundred where that really shows as compared to like the whole first season you know what i mean yeah yes and um another thing that i just thought of while you were speaking is that like they did this and it worked with Finn because nobody really liked Finn. Mm-hmm. And like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I never saw any Finn stands around here. Although when I was first watching, he had already like been ruined basically in, yeah. in this. Like I I started watching after Spacewalker had already Same. happened. Like in the hiatus between, between that. And um, so Finn was already like destroyed. Yeah. But I think that it worked with Finn, like destroying Finn as a character and then killing him off. It worked with Finn. Yeah. I'm glad that they didn't do it with Lexa and I'm glad they didn't do it with Lincoln. Like, you know, it sucks that they died, but at least they didn't like destroy their characters. That's what I think sucks the most is that like a lot of people did like Bellamy. And so Mm -hmm. we didn't have to destroy Bellamy before killing him off. And that's what hurts so much is that like it worked with Finn because nobody liked Finn, (laughs) but it didn't work with Bellamy because people liked Bellamy and no one wanted to see him fail and fall like that. Oh, absolutely. I Oh, look, there's our season 7 spoilers. I promised them to you. <laughs> we found them. Yep. Like it it's it's interesting because you you bring up the the character destruction beforehand with Bellamy, but it's I also feel like they tried to replicate that level of shock of killing off a main character also with Lex mm. and Lincoln and with mm. like mm-hmm. I with, probably like with a character each season, honestly. Yeah. Cuz they they do it through the rest of the show. Yeah. All As always, shout out to Monty and Harper for getting the only good death. <laughs> Love you guys. And like, I don't think that they ever do the shock level death better than they do it with Finn. In fact, it's like mm-hmm. actively worse each time it happens. Yeah, exactly. Like even now that I'm thinking about it, even when Jasper died, they sort of like brought him down and down and down mm-hmm. and down too. I'm just like, we don't have to do this. We don't have to. Yeah. And just like, just like even those deaths with Lex and Lincoln, it doesn't Mm -hmm. serve the show in the same way that Killing Finn did. Because like, yeah, like you said, the character destruction was 
effective so that it was satisfying when he died and shocking when he died because he is a main character. Yes. However, you can't just either destroy a character and then kill them or just straight up kill a main character just because you decided to and have that still have the same effect that it has after. It just, it gets bad. (laughs) Like we should have known, like no victim blaming were the victims, but like no (laughs) victim blaming, but like, you know, they killed off Wells in what, four? Like at the the end of three or something? Yeah. And we were all just like, whoa, this is probably the last one. (laughs) You know? So that was a joke. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But so, you know, Murphy's like, please, this is so messed up. And Finn won't listen. And he's like, please don't do this. Like, please, let's just go. And Finn takes his boot off the woman. So lastly, basically, Finn says, okay, if they weren't here, where did that guy say that they were? And Murphy's like, the guy with one eye? You had a gun to his head. I'm sure he would say anything. Nyko says, oh my gosh, I have the answer. That one-eyed guy is named Delano. And we cast he and his men out for being trash garbage. And so this is obviously his revenge on us. And Murphy's like, oh, perfect. (laughs) A moment of clarity. Finn, please understand that this is exactly what happened. This makes total sense. Let's just go, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, and then nothing happened and it's all good. And Finn agrees to go. Yeah. He agrees to go and they start making their way downtown. (laughs) They start leaving. (laughs) And this guy just starts to run away and Finn turns away and shoots him. And he was running away from you. Like he wasn't even running towards you. Yeah. Where did the, why did this happen? Like if, oh my God. And I'm also just like to that guy. I'm just like, just stay. They were walking away, man. Did we have to run away now? Ugh. Just wait for like two minutes. Uh, it's, it's. But so they keep running and he Finn keeps shooting. Mm-hmm. And then more people run because he's shooting. Ugh. Right. And so finally someone starts running toward Finn wanting to do something brave Artagas and he like you know I assume gonna like try and take the gun away from him you know like Mm -hmm. in any sort of hostage situation someone brave goes up and and does it and but he kills him because he's like literally right in front of him and Murphy you know is like it's that listen I it's it's horrible but like I love that shot of Murphy where it's like that slow motion like when he's like screaming at Finn Mm -hmm. great shot and it's just heartbreaking and then Octavia and Bellamy and Clark show up and Octavia runs to Artagas because like they literally were like working together like Mm -hmm. two episodes ago Finn sees Bellamy and Clark and has the most unhinged look in his eyes and he sees Clark and goes oh my god I found you and Clark's like yo what he's you found me bro Clark's like I am disgusted and he's fully smiling yeah he's smiling fully happy to see her she's like you're a mass murderer my guy like he has gone off the deep end he is a sociopath at this point Like, as soon as he sees her, everything else is gone. He forgets about every bad thing he literally just did. It's so weird. Yeah. My hot take for this scene is that I, when I was rewatching it, I was like, oh, Murphy, I am so glad that he's so violently opposed to all of this. I would have loved if Murphy was just a little bit more of a, like, it makes sense why he doesn't do this. But I was like, hot take, Murphy should have shot Finn. I was just thinking that when you said that. I was like, I'm really thrilled that Murphy doesn't start, like, joining in, obviously, you know? But, like, would that have not been insane that Murphy was like, we need to stop this and just kill Finn? Yeah, I'm just like, I'm like, Murphy is the only other person with a weapon capable of stopping him. Yeah. But... But how do you, but also like how do you make that decision as yeah. someone who knows this person mm-hmm. And is also just watching the most horrifying thing you've ever seen. And the way that Finn dies is like so good and like it's, oh, yeah. it's 
Like, I love, like, Spacewalker is one of my favorite episodes of this whole show. So, like, I can't complain, but, like, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I wish Murphy had done something, like, I know Murphy didn't want to get shot himself either, mm-hmm. but, like, if he had been the one to try and take that gun away from him, then, like, maybe something could have happened. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Segments? Yeah. All right. So, our first segment is the post-apocalyptic Sasquatch, or our favorite line award, and mine has to go to Monty, but also Dr. Singh for... This will take a while. Why don't you head back to your room? I'll send for you once he's awake. Not even a line from Mer- or not even a line from Monty. He's just like, "I this is truly the post-apocalyptic Sasquatch and I love it." <laughs> um and my segment is what is Sam shipping the most? I like don't really have a good answer for this one because I didn't really ship anything rewatching it. However, I will say that mm-hmm. the shippiest moment in this episode does go to Bellamy and Clark. Yeah. But obviously due to things that happen later in this show, I personally don't ship it. But mm-hmm. it is the shippiest moment. So I'll give them yes, that. Yes, we can non-biased say <laughs> yeah. that they did get, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I, I give that to them. Um, and I would mm-hmm. say that Sam is still shipping Cabby the most, but woof, it's a rough <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And as for Robin's Murphy moment, I was worried. I was like, I know that they only come together at the end of this episode. And, you know, I, so I was rewatching that specifically for Robin's Murphy moment. And, um, you know, <laughs> when they all like sort of come up over that ridge, like Murphy's like looking over there and I'm like, I could say that the Murphy moment, but like. It's really just because, like, that's a new thing to look at, and that's why he's looking over there. Until, (laughs) until, like, right before Bellamy and Finn have, like, that thing where he's like, I found you. Bellamy comes over and looks at Murphy, and Murphy, like, fully looks away. (gasps) (laughs) He's fully, like, averts the gaze. Um, And I was like, that's absolutely, (laughs) that's absolutely the Murphy (laughs) moment. Where Uh Bellamy's, like, fully, like, looking at Murphy being like, this, like... I don't know why Murphy's like, hey, it's your fault you were supposed to, like... Like, because he, t- he told him... What was it? I think it was last episode. He was like, watch his back or whatever. And now he's like, Murphy, you were um, you were chaperoning and you did a bad job. Yeah. I think that it's funny that every time you do one of these afterwards, I'm like, oh, yeah, I shipped, I shipped Murphy me this episode. <laughs> yeah. Add them to Thanks the so list. much. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is my goal every single episode. <laughs> and it works, queen. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode our music is terminal by good news tunes if you are so inclined write us a little review i don't know if that's even possible where you're listening but it would be great or just tell a friend um that's like a review but i can't read it and it's in person <laughs> it's a so, per- yeah. it's a personal review yes yeah, no that didn't make any sense or maybe i don't know post a little <laughs> tweet about how much you like it yeah yeah tag me in your review and i'll retweet it <laughs> at the aficionados thank you to Brittany and emily for chillaxing in the rest of our house mm-hmm. uh did not hear them at all oh respect and thanks <laughs> to daily for not barking sometimes yeah. he do be barking and not today which i appreciate real bro move to not bark so true um if you're a fan of riverdale we like to talk about that show too um we are almost starting season seven you do not have to watch riverdale to listen to our podcast um many people don't and uh this is going to be the final season i was like in fact you probably shouldn't <laughs> Yeah, um, this is going to be the very final season, um, so we hope that you uh, join us for that. We have an episode for every episode of Riverdale, and I'm going to lose a part of my soul when that when it's finally <laughs> over. Yeah. Uh, if you like uh, Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show, too. Uh, we have covered seasons one through three. It's my personal favorite pod to talk on. 
Um, it is delightful. We have a good mix of stuff like this and the Riverdale podcast while also mixing in stuff like we talk about on the Lost podcast where it's a balance of <laughs> we are silly, goofy people. And also there's a lot to think about with this show. <laughs> yes. So we will be uh, covering season four um, this year, hopefully very, very soon. Yes. Um, if you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. We are uh, finally starting season four. It is spoiler free until a spoiler section at the end. So if you want to watch along for the first time, I would be absolutely honored. And please uh, let me know if you're doing that. And I, because I love you so much <laughs> and it means the world to me. Yeah, it's our longest, uh, most big brain podcast. Um, and we have guests over there. It is my pride and joy. And um, I truly, it's like, my masterpiece and I love it so much and I'm really really proud of it and I hope that you guys check it out it would really mean a lot to me truly you can follow the aficionados on twitter (laughs) tumblr and instagram would really appreciate that (laughs) um our patreon like I said earlier patreon.com slash the aficionados if you like what we do here please consider donating um it is uh expensive um it really is uh it's February and March are our months to pay for our soundcloud um every year and so we could really use your help on the patreon as always um like I said I have made a month free trial available uh, at the $1 level. So you should go check it out if you feel like it. Um, Mm -hmm. Check out our small businesses. Brittany has Visit Binnyland. I have Hybridy Embroidery. And our friend Casey has Lost and Found Candle Co. Um, Those are all in the descriptions. That's another way that you can support us and also get something cool out of it. Uh, You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-O-S. The next episode is episode 206. It's called Fog of War and it's going to be coming out on March 22nd but you can get it on Patreon March 15th um, this is going to be the last episode before Riverdale starts um, so I cannot promise you any more episodes until the last season of Riverdale is over if there are any hiatuses I'm considering being able to put out one but I cannot promise I truly cannot because <laughs> I don't know I just don't know what life will bring when that is on but uh, thank you guys so much for listening and uh, we love you and okay love you bye okay love you bye Bye.